Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I am Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, and Spiritual Guide in the Heartwork Program, which specializes in helping people walk the road of spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I have been walking alongside wonderful women and men who want a more heart-centered and spiritual life, but would like support along the way, through online programs, groups, and one-on-one spiritual guidance. I walk with people along a contemplative and healing path, one that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, who has come to make your being the throne of the Holy Trinity, so that your life, your prayer, your relationships, your dreams and goals will most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart. You can find out more about me and what God has led me to do in the world by visiting my website, touchingthesunrise.com. Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. It's great to be here and I'm here with Jeanette. It's great to be here, sister, and hi to everybody out there. And we're in the middle of a six-part series on depression. and On this, surviving depression, actually. On surviving depression. This series actually accompanies the new book, Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, which is released now in its third edition. That's very exciting. It is very exciting. There's been a lot of added material to it, a lot of updating. A lot of practical details to it that I really appreciate. A lot of exercises have been added in. So we don't just read about depression, um, but we actually can learn new habits, new ways of thinking and being Mm -hmm. that can help us as we uh, deal with some of the vulnerabilities and darkness in life. So the approach we're taking, as you probably know if you've been following the podcast, is to look at things through a slightly different lens. We're looking through different events in the life of Mary. Um, And we're doing this through beautiful art, through just exquisite paintings. And here we are in week five, and the painting um, and the event that we've chosen is the visitation. And the painting is the visitation by Fra Angelico. So if you have that in front of you, um, take a look at it. It's just, I think, an exquisite painting. Um, And it really says a lot to me of closeness and comfort and Mm-hmm. home I think in a sense mm-hmm. what actually drew me this time when I was looking at it were their their arms mm. their hands the way they met each other and held each other Mary's arms in some way are underneath her arms Elizabeth, they're supporting yeah. her whereas Elizabeth is um, reaching out to to hold her, to greet her. Almost, almost to her shoulders. There. Yes, yeah. to receive that embrace, that gift of her presence. Um, I just love that image. Well, there's such a closeness there, and you almost have this sense of relief. Neither <laughs> of them expected to be pregnant at this particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to go to each other, to family, to, to, to be close to someone who's, who's going through something similar, 
um, must have been hugely comforting to mm -hmm. both of them. Mm -hmm. um, they probably felt alone. I am sure they, they did, Because yes. they both had um, miraculous pregnancies, exactly. uh, miraculous births, messages from angels, and um, yeah, just amazing, their stories. And you can't walk out and share that at the dinner table, you know? <laughs> so no. here they came together and they were able to really be with each other. Imagine what their conversations were like, you know, once they turned around and went inside the house. From the image there. <laughs> from this image, right. Yeah. <laughs> now let's get some tea and let's talk all about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very beautiful. Um, one thing I'm thinking of as I look at this, when I look back at the um, account of the visitation, the account of the um, uh, angel meeting Zachariah in the temple when he was on duty, is that Elizabeth, as we know, was barren. They were advanced in years, both her and Zachariah. And um, though they kept all the commandments and regulations of the Lord, they were righteous before God. It says they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both getting on in years. And what a terrible thing at that time, mm -hmm. culturally, um, it mm -hmm. was to, to be a married couple and not have children. Mm -hmm. That I'm sure there was whispering, there were people who were who were mm -hmm. projecting thoughts onto them, blaming mm -hmm. them perhaps they couldn't be that righteous if they don't have children. Yeah. You can imagine the tongues wagging. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, it says also in the chapter 1, verse 24, that after those days when she had conceived, his wife Elizabeth went for five months into seclusion. And she said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me. And took away the disgrace I have endured mm -hmm. among my people. There you go. So a lot of her life was spent in darkness. You know, a certain darkness of not, not having children, not being able to have children. Um, and yet here, she's all of a sudden met with something that's beyond anything they could have hoped for and now it's something that she can hardly talk about really well i suspect it was people. frightening I yeah mean, we ta we've talked it in some of the past episodes of this mm -hmm. podcast about how change is frightening even if it's a good change this was an amazing change any pregnancy is a change let's face it even mm -hmm. pl carefully planned pregnancies are a huge change in people's lives and for both of these women to suddenly, abruptly have mm -hmm. this big change, um, I think there were probably some moments where it would have been very easy to succumb to dark thoughts and to fear. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. apparently they didn't. Mm -hmm. So one thing I think the visitation uh, tells us is how much we as human beings need the support of each other. Right. That need for comfort. Mm -hmm. And really, when um, we're suffering depression, um, the hardest thing is to suffer alone. There are so many reasons why we might turn away from people when we're, we're uh, suffering in that way, when you know, we're, we feel like we're no fun to be around. You know, we begin mm -hmm. to withdraw. And um, we don't know what to say when we're with people. Well, that's it. The, and the other 
flip side to that is the people who are around someone who's depressed mm -hmm. and don't know what to say. And mm -hmm. it's easier just to turn away from them, too. It's easier mm -hmm. than to try to figure out, which is where mm -hmm. um, surviving depression comes in so beautifully because it really is helpful for friends and family of those who are depressed. Mm -hmm. I just say that parenthetically. But it's just so easy to look the other way, isn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, we feel awkward. And we feel kind of helpless and you know I, I know I've you know I wrote the book <laughs> and um, I talked about how you cannot feel awkward and not feel helpless but there are times when you're with people and it's like well if you're not going to listen to me then you can suffer by yourself I've had it mm -hmm. you know we reach right. our own limits mm -hmm. and um, and just the uh, you know the pain that that creates on both sides because you really want to be there for someone else, and yet you don't really know how. You're right. not really equipped right. with how. So sometimes maintaining a concerned friendship with someone who's suffering with an emotional illness of any type requires that we really face the fact that we can't fix it. Right. We can't change a situation any more than that person can. Um, we can't automatically turn things around. So both sides really have to learn the lesson of God's divine love, which going back to the visitation, Mary and Elizabeth teach us that God's love is, is so powerfully at work. Well, this, this also to me um, is about presence. Mm -hmm. That yeah, maybe they went inside and chatted, we don't know, mm -hmm. but maybe they just were there for each other, which is mm -hmm. what you were just talking about, mm -hmm. which is, you know, don't have any expectations, just, just be together, be with mm -hmm. the person, whether it's you who are depressed or the other person who's depressed, just mm -hmm. that, that physical and mental and emotional presence with another person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that beautiful way that Mary brought Jesus mm -hmm. to Elizabeth, um, because she, of course, was, this was after the Annunciation, was carrying Jesus in her womb. And our founder often told us that we are to be that person. We are to be Mary, bringing Jesus to others. And I think that image is something that's valid for everybody, because mm -hmm. God truly lives among us. He lives within us. Um, we're all praying people, we care, we love, um, often we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we, we carry Jesus with us, and as you're saying, Jeanette, even if we don't know what to say, um, to really just be there with and for another person is powerful. Um, so when we look at um, Jesus' life, we really see how he almost chose suffering. He chose a life of suffering. The same life that we live. We get sick, we die, um, we're misunderstood, uh, we're not loved. Um, so Jesus chose this life. He almost learned in Christ what our suffering was like from the inside out. He didn't tell us what to do to fix his suffering. Right. He didn't even sidestep it himself. Instead, he drew near to us, which is this image of the visitation of drawing near. Mm -hmm. God drew near to us. Jesus drew near to us. He suffered with us. He suffered for us. He died in the darkness. He was powerless. He felt abandoned, um, destroying the power of sin and evil which held us captive. But he didn't take suffering away. 
Mm -hmm. Um, God's divine love follows the dynamic of the cross. And so when we draw near to someone who's suffering from depression or an emotional illness, we're kind of drawn into this same dynamic, the dynamic of the visitation, the dynamic where Jesus is entering really deeply into our lives. So the first thing we learn uh, when we companion someone who's suffering with depression is that Everything we've learned, all survival techniques, all organizational techniques, all problem-solving skills that work really well in other areas of life <laughs> have no place now. Right. They just have no place in this relationship. There's only this dynamic of the visitation, of, of companioning, of, of being with, presence. of suffering alongside another, of presence. Mm -hmm. As God has done for us in Christ, as Mary did with Elizabeth, as Mary will do for us. When, when we're in need, we can call Mary to come and visit us, to bring Jesus to us. Yeah, um, the other thing I'm, I'm thinking of is, is the sense that you have when you're depressed um, of, of just everything being empty, there being nothing around, mm -hmm. um, there being nothing of value, and so then you think, well, okay, I'll go to church. But church is, you know, there's, you associate this magnificence with the great cathedrals, and that's where God is. And I don't really have a place there because I'm, I'm. There's this poverty almost of depression, mm -hmm. um, and to sort of, you know, come back to the essentials, come back to Mary, come back to the the poverty um, that she came from, the mm -hmm. the poverty even of the cross. Um, that all mm -hmm. of this is is really our life stripped down to the bone in a sense mm -hmm. and that we belong with her we belong with jesus every bit as much when we're mm -hmm. depressed as when we're not mm -hmm. yeah so um in writing the book i've often said and i really do believe that those who suffer with depression with emotional illness and who walk this path along with jesus along with mary really have a vocation in that. Um, it's true, it may come and go through life. They may be cured of it, healed mm -hmm. of it, so to speak. Um, but still, there's something you learn in that that can become a vocation, that gentleness, that willingness to be poor, mm -hmm. that awareness that we can't fix everything. You right. know, and right. the realization that we have to slow down that um, as the world scurries by and we can't keep up, there is still something beautiful that we're giving to the world mm -hmm. um, through our life and through our living through this darkness, our walking, our singing in the darkness. I love that expression of yours, singing in the darkness. Yeah. It's so true because every yeah. time you think, oh, what a, what a terrible place I'm in, where's God? And you realize God is right there with me. God is beside you in the darkness, so you can be singing in the darkness. And I singing gives you courage. It, it makes does. you feel like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the book, there's a chapter really meant specifically for those who are friends, um, companioning or family members of those who are suffering with depression. So in the book, there's a whole chapter really devoted to those who are companions along the way right friends family friends family members and they're called the five beatitudes of companioning a depressed friend I we're just going to talk about a few of them okay 
And the first one is, blessed are they who tear up labels. So if you decide to really seriously be there, be a presence to someone who's suffering from de depression, especially if it's chronic, or a clinical depression that's lasting for many years, it's easy to unconsciously assume a patronizing attitude. This poor person, I'm going to be there to help them. Almost condescending, isn't I'm going it? to be there for yeah. them, and I'm, I want to be there when they need to call someone, they call me, mm -hmm. and I'm the one who's there for them. If you think your friend then is really lucky enough to have you, then <laughs> you really need to reframe that relationship because it's going to end in frustration and anger yeah. on both sides. Um, because in this way, your friendship is almost with their illness and with what it does for you than it is with the person who has a tremendous poverty a tremendous need, as we were saying before at this time. You've almost um, classified, labeled, branded your friend with a label. So I, I am convinced that there are so many people who live their life um, really held hostage by these labels, um, labels that we give them. And really a label can destroy a person's future. So in the Christian community, there is no place for labels. Because really, when we look in the Gospels, there are no labels. Jesus labeled nobody. In fact, Jesus scandalized the religious leaders of his day because he ate and drank with those who had been labeled. Labeled publicans, labeled sinners. Jesus' radical ideas of friendship are rooted in the heart of a God whose sun shines on the good and the bad and who loved the world so much that he sent his son into the world to be its salvation. So Jesus has no patience with labels. We don't like to be labeled, and neither should we label others. So as we enter into a very difficult, um, honestly, can be a very difficult relationship, we need to start by throwing out the labels. And um, there's a whole list in the book of people that we know geniuses of history who suffered with depression and yet had a tremendous effect on the world. So depression is something we live with, we suffer with, we struggle with, but it doesn't define us. Right. We're much bigger than right. um, the label, the diagnosis of depression. Just a few names. Um, Hans Christian Andersen, Mary Shelley, Virginia Woolf, of course, and Sexton, um, Beethoven is one mm. of those, Kurt Cobain, Vincent van Gogh, oh, yes. Abraham Lincoln, John of the Cross. Michelangelo too, I understand. Mm, yeah, Handel. It's a very creative illness. It's a creative group, says, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. St. John of the Cross, Therese uh -huh. of Lisieux, St. John Vianney, St. Benedict Joseph Lavre, St. Edith Stein. So in these, these greats of history and of the church, of holiness. These are people who opened up about their struggles with depression, anxiety, and mental health. And it's so often that it's so unfortunate that often people suffering with depression get categorized and almost mm -hmm. set aside like you're not really able to contribute here. You're not able to really be a part of what makes the world tick or our group or tick. Or you're not normal, quote and unquote. You're not normal. You're useless.
So we can see from these greats of history, of the arts, mm -hmm. of holiness, that there's something profoundly um, creative. There's a gift, even in the darkness, even in the, uh, the suffering of depression, of emotional vulnerability. And it's unfortunate that so often we categorize people as mm -hmm. not quite being able to make a contribution. As almost not being normal. Not being normal, not being useful. Mm -hmm. um, and we patronize them, we ignore them. But really, we're impoverishing ourselves. And granted, a lot of times, um, we'll, those people who are suffering with depression need time and help and a lot of interior work to get through the pain and through the uh, the memories and mm -hmm. the trauma and whatever may be the cause of that depression in order to find that creative space um, but it is there it is there well i'm going to take another one of your beatitudes and say blessed are they who don't try to be a doctor and we've talked about this a little bit already in our in our podcast series but this whole business of um, either it's not medical and you should snap out of it, or it is medical and you need to be in a hospital. And there are actually some things in between those two extremes. <laughs> um, it is it's important that if if your friend if a friend of yours or family member is depressed, that you do um, listen to their needs for getting some professional help. Um, it it can take years, literally, to get a di proper diagnosis and a proper medication because mm -hmm. everybody's body is different mm -hmm. and some people benefit from medication some people don't and we're not the ones to make that determination mm -hmm. and just because you've heard that something ha helps Aunt Edith or something it doesn't mean it's going to help the person that you're with mm -hmm. much better to go with them to the doctor if, if that's what they want um, to support them and they're, mm -hmm. and they're trying to find a medical solution if there is one, but you're their friend, you're their family mm -hmm. member, you're their companion, you are not their doctor. Also regarding support, Jeanette, it can happen that after we begin to take medication, we feel really good and we stop. Oh, I'm fixed right. now, I'm cured, I'm healed, I don't need this anymore. And you don't need the side effects that are inevitable with medications, right? Yes, and we stop and then we return to, to, um, to the dark. To the dark. Um, yeah. And especially when you're dealing with very serious um, clinical depression, that can really be a very dangerous thing to do, to be going on and off medication. So part of supporting is to remind a person mm -hmm. and to support them being faithful to what they've agreed upon with the doctor for right. a period of time and to right. encourage them to help make those decisions with their doctor and not independent of, of their, their doctor. doctor. Right. Yeah. Another beatitude that I think is really important is blessed are the compassionate. Uh -huh. And most of us would probably put ourselves under the compassionate yeah. category. Sure. Um, but also with compassion, we may also put in trying to fix people, explaining what's going on, promises, without being able to really just sit with a person in their reality. Right. And you know, that's scary for us. 
it's, it's not only um, painful for the person, like, I don't want you to fix my problems. I just want you to listen. But I want to fix your problems. I need to fix your problems because right. I can't deal with listening to you. Right. Because I'm not really compassionate. Right. And part of, is, a part of it is we don't really have the words to say. Mm -hmm. And in the book, it lists some things that you really can say that get us That's what I'm out of. This is such a useful book because it really does give you these t tips and tools that you can use. So some little things you could say would be, I love you, or I really, I really care. I'm not going to leave you. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big one. Or simply, do you want a hug? Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't talk at all about what they said, about, you know, you really should go to the doctor. <laughs> it says, do you want a hug? Mm -hmm. You know, the person feels heard mm -hmm. and seen and um, loved. Right. You know, they're no longer alone. I like, I can't imagine how hard this is for you because mm -hmm. that's the truth. You know, the truth is if you're not in it, you don't really understand it. And to mm -hmm. say to someone, I understand, um, is possibly worse than nothing because they know you don't. Mm -hmm. But for you to say, I'm here with you, I can't imagine how hard it is, but I'm still here with you. Yeah, and, and connected with that. I'm never going to say I know how you feel unless I really, truly do. But if I can do anything to help, I will. You know? So they're all things, they're all phrases that put you out there, mm -hmm. kind of in a scary place mm -hmm. of, of allowing the other person to call the shots. Yeah. And like Mary in the visitation, I'm here, Elizabeth, for anything you need. Right. You know, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the last beatitude we're going to take is, Blessed are they who contemplate what God is doing. Because God is doing something in your friend. God is active. But they need you to believe that for them because right. they can't believe it. They feel that God is. They can't do it for them. themselves. Yeah. They feel lost. They feel abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, they feel alone, even alone and separated from God. And you are the one who can believe for them that God is truly active in all this. It's almost like a form of prayer. You know that relationship. And the times you get together. And it puts everything in perspective too, doesn't it? As long mm -hmm. as you're keeping God in, in the conversation, even though it may not be overtly in the conversation, yes. but in the conversation between you, as long as God is part of that, mm -hmm. then it, it's going to bring it to a different level. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you were to go up and say, I really believe God is working in this, the person would probably be really angry yeah. and not talk yeah. to you again. Exactly. Thanks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you really you. do well, understand. Why did you give this to me? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost not overtly, as you say, like, okay, we're going to talk about God now. Mm -hmm. But it's almost something that you develop within yourself as a friend. And I have a few suggestions here. I'll just give a couple. Um, but that really is, before mm -hmm. you say that, that really uh -huh. is living. St. Francis is make me a channel of your peace, isn't mm -hmm. it? That God would work through you for this person in yeah. some way that you don't yet understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One is contemplating in your own life a time when God has rescued you. Mm -hmm. What is a time that God has rescued you? Write down these times. Pray in gratitude to God for these times. Um, contemplate what God has done in your life through suffering 
in times of sorrow. It's not what you say to the other person. Mm -hmm. It's what you experience and live within your own relationship with God. Uh, another idea is to thank God in your heart every time you realize God has been helping your friend. Oh, nice. Because many times um, someone suffering with depression can't recognize it. Mm -hmm. But you can see, wow, look at how all of that worked out with the doctor just in time for you to find this medication that's actually helping you. So you've got some perspective they don't have. Yeah. step a step back from it and see the whole picture. And, and they may not be able to listen to how God made that all happen. But you can step back and say, wow, mm -hmm. I can really see your hand at work. Dear Lord, I really thank you here. Mm -hmm. And another is simply just to pray for your friend. Not a bad idea at all. Mm -hmm. So in conclusion, here are four tips if you have a friend or a family member who is depressed. One is inform yourself, just for yourself. Read as much as you can about depression. There's ample information available from medical institutions on the internet and in books. Depression is really a serious illness. It requires professional attention. It's not the result of a character flaw. It's not mm -hmm. laziness. It's not a moral um, failure on their part. It's not just often a case of the blues. So the more you know, the more um, helpful and mm -hmm. constructive you can be and patient in your friendship with them. Exactly. Second is really just to listen to them, mm -hmm. to respect their desire for privacy. If they don't want to really talk about it, um, maybe you can um, bring a dog over if you have a pet. Um, something fun to, to, to talk about. It doesn't put them on the spot. It doesn't put them on the spot. Mm -hmm. It's not heavy. I know I'm not. I have friends, sisters who are just jolly to be around. I am not one of them. <laughs> I'm very serious and whatever. So, you know, I would need to bring a dog or a cat or, or a bird or something with me to create that atmosphere of that kind of cuts the heaviness. Mm -hmm. And um, an easy way to do it and something I do all the time with our senior sisters, I just collect um, cute animal videos. On your phone. On my phone, mm -hmm. off of Facebook. And um, I'll just use that uh, even with family members sometimes, just to um, break the ice. Right. You so know? if you don't have a real dog, you can always you get can one always on your smartphone. You can always get one on your smartphone. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is joy and humor right. go so far mm -hmm. in, in helping a person um, kind of reframe and get back to a, a broader perspective mm -hmm. of things. Always direct the person to professional help. Um, never try to be their doctor. It's really easy to, to search the internet and come up with, um, ah, this essential oil is the best one, and that vitamin worked for so-and-so. I'm sure it'll work for you. And before you know it, you have tons of vitamins and <laughs> <laughs> essential oils, and you don't really know which one's working, if any of them. And I'm a firm believer in alternative medicine that's carefully coordinated with a doctor's approval around right. the medication that you may need if indeed you need medication. And, um, but really to be judicious about it, to be very um, careful in how you research um, what you use and always with a doctor's help. Just because it's online doesn't mean it's true.
That's true. Mm -hmm. And really, don't try to do it alone. Enlist mm -hmm. other friends to be with you. When you want to take your friend out to dinner, um, if you're like me, you're not full of uh, small talk, <laughs> which I'm not, um, I'll go out, I'll just find a couple other people to go with us, mm -hmm. you know, to keep the conversation going and to give your friend, without a whole lot of work, a beautiful experience. Right. A beautiful experience. So part of it is knowing what you're really good at, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. And the point is what will be the most helpful, mm -hmm. you know, the most supportive right. um, to our friend. Right. So I think this brings us back to the visitation. It um, does. I'm sure Mary didn't just hop up and run out the door and say, oh yeah, I forgot my toothbrush. You know, I'm sure she- It's been fun. <laughs> I think she planned that trip, obviously mm -hmm. not very long because it says in the scripture she went with haste. But I'm sure she thought about it. Right. Really, what would be the most supportive for for both of Elizabeth us. and for, for, for both of us? For me to give and for me to receive. Because yes, she received from Elizabeth, and we also receive so much from those who are suffering through these times of depression. It may not be in the darkest period. You may be the one standing there alone with them during that time. But it's afterwards, when, when something has been forged between you, mm -hmm. that, that you begin to pick up and learn also from them what they've mined in that dark period of their life. Right. Right. So in the visitation, we support each other with their tenderness and attentiveness to each other. So let's just conclude with a prayer. Um, Lord, in the darkness you are there, waiting for me in the silence of my heart. You alone comfort me and give me hope. You guide me, walking hand in hand with me. Fill my heart with love for you. I want to live through this depression with all the love that you desire of me. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jeanette. Always a pleasure, sister. Thanks for sharing with me. I just really love having these six episodes. They're wonderful. In this series. And I really urge everyone who's listening to go back again and again to these paintings because mm -hmm. they, every time I look at any of them, I see new things and, and gain new yeah. insights. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye. God bless. God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, awakening desires, arousing questions, provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you'd like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. So until the next time, take care of yourself. And remember that you are not alone. You are loved no matter what. And when you search within yourself, you will not only find yourself, but the throne of the Divine Trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, mistake, and sin is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. Remember always that 
You have a treasure of inexpressible joy, hidden in an earthen vessel, small and fragile. May this overflowing joy fill you and yours with its fragrance. God be with you.